1: Great form by you hitting play on this podcast. Now, check out Same Racer, the brand new racing app for same race multi-tips. Same Racer. Download from the App Store and Google Play. Powered by Bluebet.
0: Gamble responsibly for one 858
1: 858 G'day, Mike Hussey here. Get on board Australia's best fantasy cricket game, KFC Supercoach BBL. It's fun, free and easy to play. Play today at supercoach.com.au. Uh, welcome back or to the Macca's Run, depending on which category you fit into. Either way, just wonderful to have you on board for the My Macca's Rewards, which has arrived. Earn rewards with every Macca's Run. Uh, the Harcourt's open line is exactly that. It is open. one three hundred seven three six seven three six 736 736 to call. I was uh, enjoying, as I always do uh, before I head on air, listening to Andy and Gazy discuss an article that was written uh, in The Age uh, this week, and the title uh, of which is... Why it's time to get serious about an AFL team in the Northern Territory. The uh, the writer of that article is a two-time Premiership player with the Geelong Footy Club. Uh, he's a proud Larrakia man, the traditional owners of Darwin. He came via Darwin then through South Australia and then into the AFL where he had uh, a phenomenal career with the Cats. It's a wonderful read. It's a, it's a fascinating read. And as we talk about when and maybe not if Tassie are going to get a team, the next conversation is... Well, what about the NT? What about a 20-team competition? It's a fascinating part of the world, the Northern Territory. I've got mates that have gone up to live there for a little while, and they've stayed a long while because they love it. Uh, it, it is one of the most unique parts of Australia. And how would an AFL team fit there? And then what it would give back uh, to the game, I think, is a great conversation. So, Maddie Stokes has been good enough to jump on to have it. Maddie, Hello thanks for having me. Hey, thanks for jumping on. Uh, greatly appreciate it. love the read. And I thought, why don't we follow this conversation exactly how you've put this in the article? I love that you've said, look, there's two arguments here. there's an emotional argument for you and then there's a business argument. Why don't we start with the emotional? Talk us through the emotional argument for, from your position on why it's time to get serious about an NT team. Well, I think um, the
0: AFL and the industry itself has always been, you know, driven by a lot of the times money and, you know, what, you know, what, how we can improve to bring more revenue into the game so it can be spread across all facets of the game. And for me, there's a social um, benefit of this and, and a, a social responsibility um, to be able to give dreams to boys and girls across the country an opportunity to live without. And I think sometimes for me, um, growing up in Darwin and seeing... You know, players who are a lot more talented than I ever was, sort of not be able to reach um, the AFL because one, you know, sometimes it's to do with you know the person and and who they are and um, their makeup, but also two, sometimes it's they give up because the dream's too far away. And I think the, the part of me of this article was to say that if the dream was visible and you could touch it, the amount of growth that we could bring not only to um, you know the AFL, but AFLW, but also to bringing other people's um, you know thoughts and uh, visions on the game and what that means to them um, into the industry itself, and I think um, I think that's a, a pretty compelling argument.
1: Uh, how just off the top of your head, it's a hard question to answer, and, and and you can never know everybody's situations. Of course, no matter what town you grow up in, but and I love how you've written your greatest ever team of NT players. So how many? for all the burgoynes or riolis or, or longs or, or, or buckleys um, or stokeses or, or, or motlops that we've had how many have we missed
0: a lot a lot and i think um, i think that's probably that's probably one of my biggest arguments in in writing this and i, I am biased you know i've listened to richard talk about tadley I've, I've listened to jack rebold and I, I hear the passion in what they talk because Tasmanians do Feel that, and I'm as a Territorian, um, we're a different breed as well. Um, and you know, I'm really passionate about this, but I'm more passionate about the opportunities that we've lost along that way. And mm. um, you know, you think about some of the guys in our game who don't really like the limelight of footy, and you look at Buddy Franklin, Dusty Martin, you know, these types of players. Would a, a different type of lifestyle um, be, able, be enough to be able to get the players of that colour bar? To a, away from the you know the, the footy centric minded people of Melbourne and, and and South Australia and obviously with Buddy and City having a pretty good life there but yeah I think I think there's been a lot of players missed a lot of the times and I think if you spoke to any Aboriginal if you spoke to any Territorian um, about the journey you know I could you know rattle ten names off growing up that were a lot more talented than I was but probably wasn't given the opportunity or probably didn't yeah move away to to, to you know, push for their their dreams and make it a reality. So, I, I do think there would have been a hell of a lot. I mean, even even if you just look at the Rioli's um, and the Stokes is up in in the in the territory, there's been a massive. There could have been massive. There could have been a lot more of those um, types of names running around the AFL.
1: Yeah, now that that's fascinating. So, what if we as we continue the emotional argument? Oh, I love that you've mentioned AFLW because and I'll get to that in in just a moment about what it could do and, and, and what it could provide in that space as well in Darwin. But what do you think it does to to the city and to the territory? What would it do in your mind from, and we'll get to the business side in just a minute, but what would it do from a community standpoint?
0: I think we've been, and exactly like the Tassie argument, something that's their own. Um, mm. You know, Melbourne, you know, get paid an X amount of money to play in you know, Alice Springs and Darwin um, with deals with the government. But to have something to call their own, and I still remember fondly playing, um, you know, with the NT Buffalos. Um, and we played Port Power when they first came into the league. And I played with Nakai's dad and Brendan Parford's dad in that rep team. And I was 15 years of age. And to play against, you know, Matty Primus and um, Josh Franku, um, I still remember Roger James was one of my favourite players growing yeah. up. And playing against them was incredible to, to be able to have that experience. So... The the, the the dream to be able to have and see it and like I said feel it um, would would grow not only football but also to the town itself um, we have so many communities on the outskirts of Darwin through Alice Springs who our kids idolise footballers you know I've taken Joel Seldon and, and, and Tom Hawkins up to East Arnhem Land and and gone through that and yeah. You know, they don't even know Joel Sellers' name, they just call him number 14 (laughs) um, because of the passion that they have. Love it. Um, And, you know, and that's the and for me, that's the biggest part of this argument. It's like um, we constantly talk about our social, you know, responsibility as a game to make sure that we um, cater for everyone. Mm. Um, And I think that's a beautiful thing about our sports is that anyone can play this male, female, or whatever your size, you know, whether you're me, you know, very small, or you've got Brad Onnes, who I live with, and talk about in the article... Um, there 's an element of being able to give the opportunity out there for everyone, and I think it 's probably one of the things we 're missing you know the Kimberleys is probably you know close to Darwin in the sense of um, you know the distance, so that would then liven that place up and the amount of talent that 's in that place in Broome and uh, Weeper and all these places it 's incredible so um you know we talk about the n g a s at the you know the a f l level and mm. the investment that we 've put into that you know this would be another investment. But it's also, too, it's a footy, centric, it's a, it's a footy state yeah. um, or territory, um, and they're footy mad.
1: Um, and from an AFLW point of view, how big would that be um, at, a, at a grassroots community level? As again, if, if you can see it, you can be it. And, and it's one thing to see it on television, but to see it at your doorstep for young uh, women and girls in, in, in the NT, what does that look like and what does that mean?
0: Well, I think it's exactly the same argument as the men. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, the girls up there. Um, I've seen girls in the territory kick a, a drop punt better than some of the guys I played footy with at the AFL level. So <laughs> the skill Go level. Go on, name names. No, in, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I won't. I've got. I'm going out for dinner with a few of them. So fair enough. Um, you know, the, the the skill level there is incredible, and and you know. The AFLW takes time. It, you know, the mm. AFL standard of what the men's at is, you know, what is it, 160 years old? Yeah. Um, so it's going to take time, but the excitement of, of the game sometimes is something where I watch and go, you know, imagine a couple of Aboriginal people just going and bang and, and, and taking out the centre and running forward or, mm. you know, running up to a loose ball get and, and being able to snap them. And, and the excitement factor of the game, I think something, that's what the AFLW probably needs is some excitement in the, in the league and, and being able to bring players who are completely unique and that's where the Territory and, and the Aboriginal communities could be able to um, help the AFLW benefit. But also, too, being able... I've got three sisters, and, you know, um, all three of them could kick the footy, um, yeah. and, and one in particular. And, and what would have she done with her life if she had a, a goal to be able to play AFL footy? It's, um, you know, those are the stories, and... and um uh, there's the opportunity that you can create yeah. um by putting
1: a team up there. So Matty Stokes what's what about the business argument because this is uh, this is a dollars and cents multi-billion dollar industry. So the first things that come up is where is there the corporate backing to pay it? What about the stadium? How much does the government or the, the territory government need to put in? Uh the business argument, mount that case for us. Well the
0: the business argument is is um interesting because I'm not too sure where people don't think there's money up in the Territory. They've got mines, they've got the Defence Force, what I've spoken about in the um, yeah. in the article. Um, the government backing would be through the roof because of the opportunities and the social impact that you could have. Um, and there's also too, you know, we've had impacts up there for the last you know, 20 years and, and that's been, uh, been amazing for you know, job opportunities and security for Territorians, at, particularly in the Darwin region. Um, the mines that are, you know, activated up there at the moment with BHB and Rio Tinto, um, yeah, you know, I think there's about nine active mines, and I think over the next probably three or four years, I think that 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 mine number goes from about nine to about eighty-three. So the the, the money and um, uh, the revenue that would be coming through those mines would be huge, and they'd all be looking for something to be able to sponsor locally to be able to get their branding out there even more. Um, So there is an argument. I I wouldn't have thought that there would be much difference between the money in Tassie than there is in in Darwin. Um, And like I said in the argument uh, in the article as well, China is only that, you know, I'm not political in any way, shape or form, so I'm not trying to um, chuck China into this. But the the China market that we've tried to get into with the AFL is right there and and it's closer to to, to Darwin than than it is to to Adelaide where they sponsored ports. So the opportunity to be able to you know, take it, including Cairns and that, you know, North Queensland um, and Cape York, um, Alice Springs in itself has you know, mined all around um, you know, the outskirts of Alice Springs. So I don't think that's a, a particularly um, uh, dangerous situation when it comes to the finances of, of the game. And I think the social impact, I think there was a, a, a study done into this that the m- amount of money that could generate for the Territory would be, you know, you know you're talking hundreds of millions of dollars. Um, yeah, I think you're, 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 you're
1: quoting that study there that's saying uh, about half a billion uh, dollars in the report uh, from Bastion released midway through last year, outlining the realistic business case for a team. The economic benefit to the territory could be five hundred and fifty nine million, and and there has been a task force in, in the in the article you wrote. NT Sports Minister Kate Warden uh, has recently told the ABC a team could tap into sponsors who who wanted to have that that social impact as well. So. Um, What about in terms of naysayers, Stokesy, before we let you go, these are the arguments that, well, the climate won't work for footy at that time of year because they play their cricket and footy seasons in reverse. Um, No one wants to live there. Uh, Those are the things that are going to get thrown up from a naysayer point of view. Knock those on the head for us.
0: Yeah, I think um, no-one wants to live there. I think anyone who goes to Territory, like you said about your mate, they get they fall in love with the oh, place.
1: Beautiful, yeah. 30
0: degrees every day of the, of the week. I mean, yes. I, I hate winter here. Um, <laughs> so you're telling me that players wouldn't want to do that? People want to go to Tassie and play in, you know, minus 2 degrees. Like, there's, I, I understand the argument of the weather. Um, I do get that. I mean, but we're professional athletes as well. Uh, well I was. Um, so you've got to climatise it, whether it's raining, whether it's wet, whether it's under the roof. Um so you know that argument, I, I do get that. You know the Cairns spectacle the other night was pretty bad, um, but you you know maybe you choose that you know that certain times of the year. Dry season is the best time of the year um, in Darwin, and that is yeah. June, July. Um, so and you so can't always that, you that can always out. put a
1: roof on a stadium, Stokesy. You can always put but a roof right, on. You
0: know, I think the the the, the, um, the cost of an actual uh, a boutique uh, stadium is it's got to about three hundred and eighty you know million dollars. You know, surely the AFL can chuck another $100 million, put a roof on there and make sure that uh, the stand's a little bit better. But I think you know, no one wants to live there. I, I, I disagree with that notion. I think there's a lot of people who don't actually like living in Melbourne yeah. and Adelaide and Perth who, who don't like the atmosphere that footy brings with that. And that's where I went with the argument of you know discussing about the opportunities of living a really beautiful life. I mean, look at Jeremy Cameron. Jeremy Cameron's in the boat every day. Yes.
1: Fishing. Danger, danger as well. He does a fishing show. Imagine how much they'd love doing yeah. it up there.
0: Uh, I mean, they're the opportunities that you draw um, of the uniqueness of footy. And I think, for me, footy has become very robotic. You know, our players, the way mm. we talk to the media, the way they present themselves, Darwin would give a unique um, lens and be able to create an atmosphere where players could actually be players and they could then enjoy their life, um, be professional athletes at the same time, but, yeah, have a uniqueness of living in a territory which, you know, I, I am biased, but it, it's a bloody great place to live yeah. and... and I couldn't have thought of it, think of anything better um than to play footy up there. I think the humbug of um the tickets might have been um, might have been a bit too much to to bear of family and friends all asking for tickets all the time. But um in saying that I think yeah, I definitely think it would be a beautiful lifestyle to be able to be a professional athlete up there.
1: Hey, mate, it's been great to chat to you. Thanks so much for coming on and, and just uh, putting a voice to the, a really well-written article. I loved hearing Andy and Gazy discuss it and to have you on to, to talk through us in a little bit more detail is greatly appreciated. Go and enjoy your dinner. Thanks so much and we'll see how it happens. Uh, just quickly, your timeline, I'm imagining it's not right now, but are you thinking 10, 15? I think ten to fifteen
0: years is really realistic. I, I'm I'm one of those people who don't believe that our actual talent pool isn't up to another team just yet. But I think with the planning of being able to execute this, I think ten to fifteen years, I think a yep. task force with Peter, you know, Jackson in there who's very experienced when it comes to footy and someone like a Lewis Martin who obviously with channel seven, they understand that this is not an overnight thing. So yep. don't think for one second I'm saying two years time we're gonna have a team there. It it wouldn't work. We need ten years, I reckon minimum to be able to put this into place and, and, and get the plans right so we can succeed.
1: And in the same time that you can make that, put that date and circle, it, you can set up all the academies and the pathways to make sure that's all filtering up in the right way. Hey, go and enjoy your dinner, Stokesy. Thanks so much. Greatly appreciated.
0: No, thank you very much.
1: Uh, Matthew Stokes, two-time Geelong premiership player, proud Larrakia man, traditional owners in Darwin, of the land in Darwin, and and, and a fantastic conversation and insight from the emotional argument and then the business argument that he's thought through. Read that article on there. Uh, It's really well worth it as we look to uh, fix... And what a 20th team does to fix the fixturing woes that we're currently experiencing...